Welcome to the podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Nathan. With me this evening, I have Nicole. Sir. Emily. Hello. And Justin. Heyo. We are a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Oh, man, it's been a while since we've been here, huh? I'm sure you saw the title. This is episode zero, y'all. This is uh, season two, episode zero. So uh, we're going to be taking care of some housekeeping stuff here tonight and also going over uh, kind of the state of the world as it is. It's been a long time since we finished season one. You know, we had a little bit of a side quest there for a while with different characters. So we're, we're getting back into uh, the shoes of the, the, the main crew, so to speak. I'm, I'm sure you also saw in the title that we have also changed our name. We are no longer the Village Idiots. We are now known as Legends of Lanamora. So let me be the first to say, welcome to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. Yay! Woo! <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So um, speaking of changes, uh, you might have also noticed that Jordan is not here with us tonight. Uh, one of the original cast members from season one. Uh, he played Agamir, the half-orc rogue. And uh, Jordan, uh, my brother-in-law, Emily's brother-in-law by marriage. Sure. No relation to Justin nor Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> He's decided to take a step back. It was a running joke in season one that he did not have social media, and so he didn't uh, want to be a part of the spotlight. And he's decided to keep his D&D behind closed doors like the rest of the nerds out there. And uh, we're going to keep things on the internet for you all and just put ourselves out there for you. You know, like you like. Hi. <laughs> so we are going to miss Jordan. So much. And we, yeah, we wish him well. Again, he's a new father. He's a great guy and we, we love him to pieces and we wish him well. Um, so that's the bad news with the situation. The good news, however, is Agamir will be sticking around and we'll be getting to that a little later on. What? <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, touching on that a little bit when we're getting into more story stuff towards the end of this episode i guess you you didn't tell us any that you kept that a secret from us i love it i have not told you all a lot of things secrets. i'm sure <laughs> i have a lot of secrets i have a lot of secrets there's only there's only one other person that i've talked to about anything regarding dming and that is the the dm of our sister podcast city and snow can we say sibling podcast because sister is gendered I feel like since the podcast is made up of both non-binary and female characters and cast members, maybe sibling podcast would be better. That's what I'm calling Izzy from now on instead of calling Izzy my sister because she goes like, you know, she wants to be referred to as they, them. I'm saying sibling instead of sister in yeah. respect out of, you know, for what they want. Sibling podcast sure. has a nice ring to it, too. Yeah, sibling podcast. I kind of like sibling podcast. Well, I mean, that's that's a good a segue into my, my next point. So why did we change our name? So we, we took a long, hard look at the name The Village Idiots, and we 
had a lot of a, a soul searching that we did with regards to the language that that kind of um connotation if you will yeah the connotation that put forward to you know the community and we we felt that it that language could be ableist and we decided that because we want to be inclusive and welcoming to our listeners and our fans that we wanted to distance ourselves from that name so We've decided to do so. We're not Legends of Lanamora as a result. And uh, we're going to be putting a disclaimer at the beginning of our older episodes to let people know about that. We're no longer going to be naming a village idiot at the end of the episode. I will be instead naming a legend. Love it. So whoever had the most cinematic or badass moment in the episode, they will be named legend. And then... Are we, we're sold on calling them this, the lol? Yeah. Is that, <laughs> I like that's it. what we've decided? Yes. I think, um, yeah, I like the lol, I guess, because, you know, acronym. But uh, yeah, are we naming like either a legend or a lol, or are we doing one of each? Like that sounds kind of like a lot. My theory was that it's one of each, so that at the end of the season, we we crown a legend and we also crown a lull. Yeah. I love that. Was that. the joke. <laughs> I love that. The lull yeah. and the legend. You can yeah. be both in one episode. I like- Oh my god, yeah. can you imagine if the lull and the legend end up being the same person too? That would be dope. It would That's be. That's basically Scar, so I feel like we're gonna- She's gonna do well this season. Mm. Hopefully. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of every episode, I'll be naming a legend and I'll also be naming the lol. The lol is the person who has an unfortunate goof or uh, other unfortunate moment in the episode. It can also be like a funny moment, though. Like I argue that like it's not a bad thing to be either one of these things. Like yeah. It's kind of good. It means we're role playing correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to just make that that sweet, sweet content for you. You, you glorious listener and if this is the driver that we need to give you that sweet content by god that's what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of do we also want to talk about our other mechanic that we're keeping hero points yeah hero points hero points are sticking around i was talking about changes but hero points are staying um so we we've homebrewed that hero point system and that is going to be sticking around. I will talk about that more at length the first time that we get into hero points. So another thing that is going to be changing is that we're going to be recording video for all of our sessions. That's right, listener. You can see my face right now if you're on YouTube.com. Be nice to me. (laughs) Be nice to my wife. I hate the internet. (laughs) Be nice to all of us. But mostly me. I'm sensitive. So yeah, if you want to check out our uh, video and see the various facial expressions and gestures that we perform, uh, hop on over to YouTube and check that out there. Or if on your you're on YouTube right now, welcome. <laughs> Hi YouTube. <laughs> welcome to our home. <laughs> yeah. Homes. So. That brings me to our next point. We've always, uh, uh, on the YouTube channel, it's, what? what is our YouTube channel name? It is Novi Studios. Yes, Novi Studios, which is the name of our larger studio. 
that we've always been a part of. We are also rebranding the studio name. So check them out on Twitter at... Novi underscore studio. Thank you. At Novi underscore studio. Uh, and learn more about news, upcoming content, some of which is D&D, some of it's not D&D. So if you are into D&D, but also other things, check out Novi underscore studio on Twitter. <laughs> we also have a website. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a website. It's uh, Novi Studio. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that joke. What he means to say is novistudio.io. So it sounds like novistudio-io. Novistudio-io. <laughs> yeah, check it out. That is going to be the uh, where we're going to be putting up all of our Legends of Lanamora information from here on out. Correct? Correct. And all the other content will be there as well. And all of the new sweet, sweet content. So much you. content, guys. Our listeners, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. I'm super stoked. Speaking of exciting content coming up, I'm done with housekeeping, so everyone please roll for initiative. Had the dice app up and ready. Don't forget to add your real life dexterity modifier. But minus five. Zero. Okay, so mine (laughs) used to be hella high. It's not so high anymore. So, like, can I use my, like, when I was a gymnast dexterity? Because <laughs> you know I was what? an expert sure. at that shit. <laughs> yes, please do. Ten. Twelve. Oh, I had a two, so. <laughs> Want to use any of them hero points? <laughs> That's okay. I'll keep my two. I have absolutely <laughs> zero dexterity now as a human being. I lost it all. You Don't use it. You lose it. Sweet. So, Emily got a twelve. So Emily will be first, and then it was Justin, and then Nicole. Uh, so a little background of the world of Lanamora. So Lanamora, for those of you jumping in here at Season 2 is your first episode, Lanamora is a world that is comprised mostly of two continents. There is Alari, which is the city continent in the southern half of the world, and there is Tor, which is a larger continent mostly wilderness in the northern portion of the world. So in this world, specifically, our story takes place on Alari right now. But it's broken up into 12 boroughs who are uh, governed by 12 consuls called the Chamber of Twelve. In season one, our heroes were given a quest by one of the consuls in the Chamber of Twelve. And they were sent on a quest to find a, um, uh, what's the word for it? Like a spy in there? Like, or... Yeah. The, the, uh, one, of the, one of their lieutenants, a golden mantle, was basically um, thought to be plotting against them. And so this consul sent them on this quest, which ended with, they thought, the consul perishing. And the, uh, at the hand of said lieutenant. And so they were on the run for a while. And it turns out that the consul had actually orchestrated a big con to get their lieutenant into power. And it's a massive that, conspiracy. It was a massive conspiracy. And this is, they're, they're trying to bring about something that they have called the Unending Horde, which are. Heroes do not know a whole lot about. Doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great. No, it does not. Nah. 
Don't want so none of that. They fled one of the boroughs of Alari called the Archives for a safe haven called the Bulwark Isles off the coast of Alari. They fled with the help of a gigantic sentient statue, a shield <laughs> colossi named Amo Ferric. He, or sorry, they basically broke into the archives to save them and left a path of destruction in its wake. So season two is going to start six months after their rescue from the archives. And the burrows are kind of on lockdown now because no one knows what this massive thing is that wreaked destruction on the archives. Uh, at least uh, most of the populace doesn't know what it is. And it looks like there are some competing factions forming with the within the boroughs themselves. So some boroughs are siding one way, saying that they need to completely lock down and find and hunt this thing. And the other sides are saying, it's fine this has happened before what's the worst that could happen this is sounding oddly familiar <laughs> well listen i started writing this campaign pre-covid and <laughs> now nine months later into covid there are going to be some themes that are might might seem a little familiar to you Oi. So anyway, that is the state of the world right now. Let me introduce first for you, Drusilla, the Eladrin, played by my wife, my wife. He fucking bore it. Emily. Can we have a season two moratorium on my wife? <laughs> <laughs> Please, because I, I can't with Borat. I just can't. All right. That's the only one. Okay. That's what we got one and we did it. <laughs> I've got to do it at least once. I'm pretty sure I did it in season one. Mm -hmm. So Emily, tell us a little more about Drew and what she's been up to. So Drew, so I... <laughs> <laughs> she's got her encyclopedia. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, so I'm not kidding. I I basically started Drew from the ground up today, and it took me, not joking, it took me close to four hours. Um, and I'm not done the whole, like, with everything that I want to do. Like, she's done. I just, I want to organize it a little better because Drusilla is a level six cleric and a level four warlock. And what that means is that I have two spell sheets. Um, neither of which make much sense. <laughs> and I have to know how to cast these. So the reason Drew is part warlock, part cleric is because she started out as a grave domain cleric and then we ended up finding something. It was the amulet in the tomb of Idrindon that... Yep, yep, amulet. I, I There's basically an amulet. was like... Safina, give it to her because it kept calling out to you and I like wanted yes. to know what it would do. Yes. So there was an amulet that Drew was drawn to and so she ended up taking it. Um, doing so, she met the shepherd who was is basically like, like a Grim Reaper figure and he ended up giving her um, 
powers in exchange that uh, for her service. And obviously, hell yeah. So she did that. <laughs> and uh, now she has a mark on her hand, but she can raise the dead. So, you know, it's win-win. It's a pretty cool tat. Um, it's pretty cool tat. Uh, so what happened with her is as she's been on the Bulwark Isles for the, it's six months, correct? Yeah. Um, yes. And before we go too much into it, I should say that raising the dead doesn't seem that special, but in Lanamora, undead don't exist. At least not until Drew raised one so a few months it. ago. Yes. So uh, necromancy has been has long been thought to just it doesn't doesn't exist. Basically, you can't raise the dead. And then the last season, Drew did because she has been researching it, and with the help from the warlock is uh, her warlock side is she's able to to raise the dead, which is special and new and very exciting for her. And was her um, dream? You lived your it's dream. Her dream. <laughs> and she's not done. She wants more. <laughs> um, so basically, where we had left off on the Bulwark Isles in season one was we had met one of the leaders of the lizard folk in one of the communities we went to and found out that she was actually being possessed and controlled by Kelvin. Fucking Kevin. Uh, or white haired figure. I guess we don't know it's Kelvin, but. Anyway, uh, so they were being controlled by this thing. So basically, Drew has decided to stay on the Bulk Isles for this time and try to suss out what that's about. Because when they when they originally landed there, it was weird that there were lizard folk here that like hadn't been that were living like this, hadn't been contacted, hadn't been you know interacted with or or. Uh, or that they were in, like fighting in these factions like this. This is, was a little weird. So Drew has spent this past like six months among these people. Uh, she started out as a C-3PO queen, but now as her her golden skin has faded, she's an Eldrin, so she gets to switch seasons. So during the six months, she has changed from bright gold. She uh, went through autumn which is like a her deep mauve color. And then now she is in winter where her skin is like a deep blue. Uh, she still has her white hair, but she definitely is in winter. She's sad. Oh. Um, but she she's excited about a lot of different stuff, but it's very much like this is a weird time. This is giving me inside out vibes and I love it. <laughs> the last time, I mean, the last time she also heard any information about her mom was on the mission with some of the people that we have finally spoken to again since the last season or in the last season we she just still doesn't know where she is so that's most of her worry and, and anxiety which is part of why she is blue now but she still gets to do her face step it just does a new thing she has spent this time bonding she's learned draconic and she has collected a magical item that will be named later because I haven't decided. If you have an idea for a cool magic item, go on Twitter and let me know about it because I will take it. And then I'll make sure your name is used as an NPC in the podcast because I'm sleeping with the DM. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Drew has been learning Draconic and basically bonding with the lizard folk and finding out kind of what's been going on. While Kev Kelvin has Kevin, <laughs> while Kelvin has had a foothold here in the Bulwark Isles, so we're we're 
working to loosen that because I don't want his feet anywhere near these people. Fuck him. It also helps that they basically, these lizard folk consider you to be a godlike figure because you can raise the dead and you have those magical powers. Because I powers. can raise the dead. I did do that in front of them. And I'm pretty sure anyone would think that I was the godlike figure in Lanamora. <laughs> I'm about to make a lot of people think that I have a lot of godlike powers. Yes. <laughs> I should also note the name Kelvin has been floated around a bit. Kelvin Boulderdown is the golden mantle of fellows that quote-unquote, betrayed the consul. Didn't he become the interim consul? Yeah, he has become the interim consul of fellows. Um, actually, I can tell you now, he's the consul of fellows now. Of course. I hate, so I hate him so much. No longer interim. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really moving on up in the world. Uh, but yeah, so she, she gained two levels in Warlock, one in Cleric. Um, slightly better at healing people, a little bit better at necromancy. That's about right. <laughs> See where your priorities lie. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Excellent. So that's what Drew has been up to. We'll get... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Emily, yes? I what? forgot. I had to take a pact. Sorry, there's so much dumb shit I have to do. I had to take a pact and I chose the pact of the blade, which means that I can do a lot of weird shit with a, a, a weapon. So I have a, a special weapon that Ooh. I now have. It is a, a small dagger that Nathan called a... Say the word. Chris. Yes. And it basically... Yes. So I can make it... His name. I can make it appear and disappear at will and things like that. So that's it's pretty neat, uh, but that's the pact that I chose for my warlock thing. Uh, quick question there, uh, oh darling wife of mine, did you look up that picture like I told you to? Nope. Of what a Chris looks like? <laughs> nope, I trust you. Okay. Well, now I want to know what it looks like. <laughs> Please describe in great detail for Emily what it looks like. Whoa, that's cool. Um, Paint her a word picture. You ever seen Once Upon a Time, the TV show? Man, I'm going to have to say no. There's a bunch of different images that I'm looking at, but basically the blade, it starts out fine and then it goes kind of curvy. Cool. Like it's own, like there's like waves in it. I'm going to Oh, dope. Yeah. It does remind me of when Ju what Justin was referring to was uh, the knife that controlled Rumpelstiltskin in uh the show, the TV show Once Upon a Time. Yep. Got it. But yeah, she's got one of those. That's her her pact that she chose. And it, like, appears and reappears. Like, you can make it just disappear whenever you want. Yeah, there's a few things you can do with it. Uh, Pack to cool. the blade. One of the things you can do is uh, if you can have it, like, disappear at will and appear at will. Um, and if it's away from me for more than a minute, it disappears. That's So cool. if someone tries to take it, it'll just disappear and then reappear <laughs> back at me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like your very own Mjolnir. Like, only you can have it. Yeah, basically. You're Thor. <laughs> but that's it. I swear to God, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So that's going to bring us to Saf, the halfling artificer played by Justin. <laughs> Justin, you want to go into who Saf is and what she's been up to? So Saf is, I don't know how much time has passed since season two, season one, episode one, but was, is around like 20 years old halfling gunsmith artificer. I think she'd be She'd be 21 by now. Okay. 
she is basically on the long-term quest of finding her grandfather, Milo Thornburn, who went missing 10 years before the events of season one. So she ran away from home to go and find him. Speaking of Thor, let's transition to Iron Saf. So she has been working on some stuff <laughs> since, uh, since those six months, and one of which is called the EXO. T-M-E-X-O. Stands for External Xenomechanical Outfit. Uh, basically, it's like a lightweight backpack that um, she presses a button and she can turn herself into Iron Saf. Uh, the extent I of just, which... Like, honestly, when you mentioned it, when you mentioned it, all I pictured in my head was that episode of Rick and Morty when Snowball takes over the world and like was in like the dog was in an exoskeletal legs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then I think about Darth Maul and Clone Wars and with his exoskeleton legs. Like that's just what I picture Zap doing. Well well the extent of the EXO is T B D at the moment. Nate and I are kind of going over what can and should and not happen um but aside from that yeah we're hashing out those details yeah uh she has also been working on her memoir entitled from lanamora with love it details their group adventures as well as the main quest of her finding her grandfather milo saf's relationship status which i guess we'll get into in a little bit uh, and she has been working with Karen Danae, the lore keeper that has joined them in their quest to take on Kelvin. Um, she's been working with Karen Danae and training a small group of lizard folk to help her with her book. So she's made a chapter for botanical illustrations for native bulwark flora and fauna called Beauty Botany Bulwark. And a <laughs> chapter for technical illustrations for ancient bulwark island ruins and a chapter on how to easily learn draconic called draconic made easy one two three (laughs) var excellent Uh, i have a question the last time we like your whole grandfather mission thing uh it's kind of important to note that you actually saw him in person right before all hell broke loose in the archives. So you Mm -hmm. do know that he's alive and that he is being held captive by Calvin slash, uh, what's the console guy's name? Tasvig Duvet. That guy. Um, but we also don't know the nature of their working relationship. So, but also like he specifically pointed you out saying that you and the family, like, your bloodline was, like, super important for some reason. There was a whole lot of spooky, weird, shady stuff going on with that whole thing. And that was Karen mentioned. was on... Karen was on the expedition that Milo was on as well. Yeah, Karen and, and someone else. some of the other people that we... One of the other people that we're with at the moment were on that expedition that my grandfather was on 10 years ago. So you know a lot more information now than you did... In season one, where you literally knew nothing. (laughs) All I had was a letter from him and nothing else. Have you seen my grandfather? (laughs) 
Are yep. you my grandfather? <laughs> are you, are you my, my grandfather? You're my mummy. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's exciting. I am looking forward to seeing how all of that plays out. Especially figuring out what I'm going to let that EXO do. (laughs) I came up with like a five page document and he's like, that's too much. That's going to be like a whole subclass. So we can still go that route if you want. We can make it a, we can make it a, instead of a artificer gunsmith subclass, we can make it an artificer EXO subclass if you want. The world is your oyster. I'm the DM. I'm lenient. Yes. And. So it's a, uh, it's just a point is that I'm kind of doing this in lieu of the artificer's mechanical servant thing. So hopefully he'll allow me to make it a little bit cooler than just a little item. Well, I'm saying you can still have the mechanical servant and the EXO. I feel like when it comes to Safina, Justin just like in his head, the word extra is just always there. Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> like, so extra. Well, hey, we're called Legends of Lanamora for a reason, right? Yeah, so extra. And I love speaking, it. Speaking speaking of legends, uh, let's talk about Scar. Oh, I'm a legend, all right. <laughs> the, the tiefling, former copper mantle fighter Nicole, you want to tell us a little bit about Scar and what she's been she's been up to. Yes. So, uh, as you said, I, uh, Scar, I mean, I'm not me, (laughs) was a copper mantle at the start of the podcast. And through a series of, you know, all the events that happened, I pretty much turned my back on them even before we became fugitives, just because of all the shit I let slide. Um, (laughs) like as a cop, I should have immediately arrested Drew, like episode one should have happened just because that's what my job was. But I let her murder someone, my partner right in front of me because I'm pretty. Yeah, your character would not be alive today. So (laughs) (laughs) but I, I definitely let myself get away with it because I specifically chose the ideal that people that follow orders blindly, like that's a, that's a form of tyranny. So like while I was a copper mantle and I did follow orders, I kind of like to pick and choose which orders I follow. It's like up to my discretion. What's the phrase, Justin, you love to use so much. It's a, from a certain point of view, the Obi-Wan. Yeah. From a certain point of view. I don't know why I'm having trouble thinking of things anyway. So Scar is a badass. She's a big, dumb jock. Always (laughs) will be. So basically, during the six months, Scar has been, you know, training, more, you know, combat training uh, with her weapons. Also learned Draconic, because I felt like that was important since we were on the Bulwark Isles and none of us spoke Draconic and we lost our interpreter so I, it was. I think it's kind of cute that we all took draconic classes together. Um, you learned it from my easy chapter. Picked, One, two, three, roar. Yeah, I just have a picture in my head of like me, Saf, and Drew wearing like headphones, like in like a classroom, 
where it speaks like a phrase in the mm-hmm. language and then you have to repeat it. Like, that's just like we duolingo draconic or something. Je suis um, la jeune <laughs> Oh my God, those like muzzy video those muzzy, commercials yeah. <laughs> from like a billion years ago when we were yeah. kids. Sorry, I'll stop That's so weird. Okay, so that's fine. So we're all level 10 now. So I'm a level 10 fighter, which means that I gained the indomitable trait which means that i can re-roll a throw that i fail but i have to take a second roll and i can only do that once every long rest i was also able to pick up a couple feats and one of those feats is called infernal constitution so as a tiefling with my infernal roots, I now have a resistance to cold and poison damage and advantage on poison saves. So I don't know why I thought that'd come in handy, but I feel like it did, or it would. Curses, my dinner party where everyone gets poisoned is ruined. (laughs) (laughs) I also chose the feet. I can't remember what it's called now. Skill expert. Oh, skill expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what that does is it gives me, uh, I can improve one ability score or an ability modifier by one or an ability score by whatever words. I can choose a new skill to become proficient in. So because I have full plate dragon hide armor because of course I do. I had disadvantage to stealth, so I chose to become proficient in stealth. So it kind of cancels it out a little bit. <laughs> so that's like where my thinking was going. So it just helps me on my I'll still have disadvantage, but with the proficiency bonus added, I it helps me make stealth rolls. Like two of the six months you just spent being in your full plate armor trying to sneak up on people <laughs> basically <laughs> just practicing that a lot like being sneaky in my full plate armor i got really sweaty um, you got a little better at it but yeah, yeah you know just a little bit <laughs> it is a tropical environment i was also in that feat able to double my proficiency on something that i was already proficient in so i chose athletics so now i have a plus 12 to athletics because that's a strength modifier and that's my normal modifier. I, oh yeah, I picked up a a new weapon that I found on the bulwark aisles while I was exploring and just hanging out with the gang. Uh, I found a Warhammer, guys. I got a Warhammer back. It's not my original Warhammer that fucking Kevin stole. It's, but I saw this Warhammer and it, I, it had to belong to me. So I have a Warhammer again. It is a very special Warhammer. It has two charges in it, like magical charges, I guess. And if I expend a charge, I add plus five to attack rolls. And it also already has a plus 10 to attack rolls because of the oh my God. type. Yeah, because of the type of weapon and because of my modifiers and my proficiency in all weapons. It's it's a hell of a Warhammer. <laughs> um, and I'm super excited about 
having a Warhammer again. Um, whack. Whack, yeah. whack, 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 whack. <laughs> That's what I do. Scar smash. I, I smash. I scar smash. I needed, I saw that hammer and I had to have it. So yeah, that's also, oh wait, this is very important. So Scar became best friends with one of the members of the crew with Mara. If you remember, we met up with Mara Fordi, who Reg is employed by. And we found out that Zuff and Giro aren't, well, Giro at least, wasn't actually Giro. It was Kira, last of the Dardendrians. She's a dragonborn. She was a part of the same mission that Drew's mom and Saf's grandfather was on in Tor. And she had lost her memories, but they were restored. And we bonded. We're just... Because we're like the same person. I also played that character in our prequel campaign. <laughs> you should go watch that. It's on our Patreon. Watch that. You should go listen to that. It's on our Patreon. And so, yeah. So the two big dumb jock fighters are now best friends. And yeah, we just, she's my sparring partner, pretty much. That's how I got better at combat. Excellent. That was, that's, that's me, Scarlet. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's. Almost all of the original party. Uh, but we do have to talk about what Agamir's been up to. So Agamir has been doing pretty well for himself. As you all recall, he was looking to get a boat. That was his primary goal. He got a boat. <gasps> because he took a job in the Violet Rose. Ooh. Ooh. Ah, shit. He works as one of Mara's lieutenants now. Oh, snap. She saw what he could do, and you all vouched for him, and she was impressed by what she heard and saw, and he has been a valuable asset to the Violet Rose, uh, running shipments back. He's, he's got his sea legs again. Oh my god, he's Han Solo. I love it. <laughs> he's running shipments, doing smuggling and all that type of stuff. He had a little bit of trepidation with joining a crime syndicate. Uh, as you know, Agamir, he's- Friendly he's, neighborhood rogue. Yeah, he's your friendly neighborhood rogue. Uh, so he was pleased to find that when you all were spending a little more time with the Violet Rose, as far as crime syndicates go, they're more on the Robin Hood side of the spectrum. Where oh, they, I love that. They, they, they rob from the elites- and they give to the masses. And so that is how the barony has operated. As far as crime syndicates go, they are not high up on the evil list. Because you all have learned as well, about halfway through, let's say about four months into your stay at the Bulwark Isles, a few other characters showed up. Namely, first it was Pax, the bounty hunter. Uh, and then a little while later came Tora the Druid and Maxine. Oh, sorry. Marques Maxine Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The uh, Bard Rogue. Brogue. Uh, the Brogue. The Brogue, yes. Get it? <laughs> uh, they all came and started telling you about this order called the Order of Alteration, who is an hella evil 
underground organization you found that uh, is trying to manipulate world events for their gain. And they were the ones in charge of the shade pocket that you all in season one took a part of. So what Agamir has been doing as well is working with when he's not working with the Violet Roads, he has actually been working with Pax, Tora and Maxine on some of the missions that they are going on. So one thing that we're going to be doing in season two as well is we're actually going to be utilizing these characters. Uh, For those of you who did not listen to season 1.5, which released a few months ago, it's a 15 episode arc. Well, technically 16 episodes. We split episode 15 into two parts. Uh, Those three characters were played. Pax was played by Justin. Marques Maxine Monroe was played by Emily. And Tora was played by Nicole. And so we did a little bit of exploration of those characters and another subplot there. So they are actually going to be continuing what they're doing in the background. And they're going to be deferring to basically your party for what to do so so this is becoming more like a chessboard we've got pieces now that we can move yes you've got pieces you have resources at your disposal and we have a lot more allies than when we started out for sure so you'll be able to use those three characters as resources and also you'll be able to use agamir as well one thing that jordan said is uh when i talked to him about what he wanted Agamir's story to be is that he, you know, didn't want Agamir to just sail off into the sunset and never be a part of anything again. He thought that you all had been through a good amount and he thought that Agamir would continue to stick around. So we're going to use Agamir as a resource. God, I love Jordan love so it. much. Oh, <laughs> Don't cry. Shut up. <laughs> so I'm, uh, yeah, really excited to get into all of this. You all are on the Bulwark Isles with the Knights of Halartha, who are now the main organization that is going up against the Unending Horde. So Tasvig and Kelvin's cronies, basically. So you all are with the leader of the Knights of Halartha. It's Dorena Ravenridge. She is one of Dr. Milo's contemporaries and also a professor at the university in Entepa, where they got the name for the Knights of Halartha, the Halartha University of Ultimate Knowledge. And Karen Dene is there with you as well. He was also part of that original expedition on tour 11 years ago now. Oh, yeah. And this is the state of things as we get into season two. Things are starting to lock down. There are a lot of tensions in Alari right now. There's been skirmishes and close to battles happening between you know the boroughs in some places. But we'll definitely get to zoom in a little closer and see exactly what's going on. Oh, I should also mention Amoferic is sleeping again. You mean like he's back at where we found him? He's back where you found him, in the chamber inside that dormant volcano. So you have not been able to make contact with him for some time. But he did give you the prophecy. You know the prophecy of the incarnate. All I know is that something of it had to do with each of the Amos was like, one was wood, one was fire, one was air, one was 
part water, you know, either these Captain, powers combined. Either Captain Planet or Avatar the Last Airbender had something to do <laughs> some kind of elemental things like and like he was the amo of the prophecies and I don't remember if I lost one or both twins that I had following me around. I know I sh- I was able to shrink them and put them in my pocket. But during that last battle to get out of the archives, I'm pretty sure I lost one of them. At least one. Man, that's one thing that I forgot about is I don't remember that guy's name. He's one of my favorite NPCs that I made, and I can't remember his dang name. He gave you the smallifier. Oh, the the weird dude Ooh. from that. Where Bruno. We saw, where we Bruno. Found, Bruno. 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 Brunick. Bruno. Brunick. Brunick. <laughs> Brunick. I was like, Bruno doesn't sound right. Brunick. That's right. Brunick. Brunick. He was Shit. weird. That's where we ran into Crazy Tillerth, and he's hanging out with us now. <laughs> he the best. He yeah. back. Crazy Tillerth is with you as well. Wish us. Yay. Wish Crazy us forever in our hearts. The singing fish merchant. Cooking us fish every night. <laughs> I, I should also mention that Reg the Goblin, Zuth, and Kira, formerly known as Giro, are also with you. Kira, my BFF. So, the prophecy, as Amo Ferric told you, the guardian of the prophecy told you that the prophecy was, the wicked one, wreathed in white, shall unveil the incarnate from shadow, when the fields of sacrifice bathe the everflame, burning proud atop its altar with the blood of the dreamer. That's right, and we, all, we keep thinking Saf is the dreamer. So yeah, that is the prophecy. That is the state of things. Amopharic is now asleep again. And I think that's good enough place as any to end. I mean, that's kind of a good broad overview of where you are. I'll definitely give a more detailed description of what is happening at season one or um, on episode one after I listen to the rest of season one. (laughs) I mean, I'll say like the whole reason of us doing this this session zero is just so we can, you know, if you want to hear more about what we took and like go into all the details about leveling our characters up and like more information about why we are doing what we're doing, like obviously this is the episode for you, but if you are looking to uh just get right into season 2, we'll give like an overview of, of all of this in season 2 as well, episode 1. Yes, for sure. Season two, episode one. We're really doing it, y'all. Yeah, so uh, basically just, you know, us telling you what we've been up to and bringing in our season 1.5, the in-betweens and characters and introducing some of the prequel characters and talking about them and just a whole lot of fun stuff that I think season two is going to be the best season ever. Well... I hope not. I love um, it. I hope it'll be the best season <laughs> yet, but I hope it's not the best season ever. I have other plans. Oh God, I That's hate all I'll I'll say. plans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, plans yeah. on plans on plans. Plans on plans on plans. You guys have no idea. We'll get there. So anyway, we've got to do our thing at the end of the episode. Outro. It's changed, so uh, this is our first go at it. Be gentle. Uh, so, Nicole, if, if anyone wants to reach out to us on social media, they can do that, right? Absolutely. We have a Twitter. It's at Lanamora Pod. You can go there and talk with us. And if you want to talk to us personally, you can find me at Nicole the Nerdy. 
You can find me at JMH underscore Novi. I'm at Neurotic Good. You can find me at underscore Squid Toaster. <laughs> we also have a website, like we mentioned before, novistudio.io. We have a ton of cool stuff up there, like an about section where you can get to know us, our seasonal champions. There are fun facts about the world, tons of art, and a link to our Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, this part mostly stays the same. Want to hear more from <laughs> Novi Studios and our other content? Well, you're in luck because we have a Patreon. For just a couple bucks a month, you'll have exclusive access to some DM insights and behind the screens. Listen to Nicole and I BS and What's What with Dilly and Dally, and even a mini prequel campaign set in the world of Lanamora. If a subscription to our Patreon is too much of a commitment for you, we'd love if you could leave us a quick review on iTunes. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends about us. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so stay tuned. Yes, thank you so much for tuning in to this, the episode zero of season two. I'm super excited for everything that's coming up, uh, both with Legends of Lanamora and with the other contents that is going to be coming out of Novi Studios. So make sure to follow both so that you are up to date on all this sweet, sweet new stuff. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Got two seasons. We still oh can't God. fucking change it, y'all. Bye. Bye. This is the one thing we're not rebranding. Bye. <laughs>